Hello, and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. Segments this week include FOs, whips, stash, out and about, on the run, and patterns. So pick up your needles and join me, and here we go. But first, I want to do a quick update for the Be a Helper craft along. Thank you so much to those of you who have gone onto Ravelry and uh, posted your finished objects or your cute little band-aids from um, getting your blood drawn. Thank you very much. I am so happy to see you folks out there um, doing some good and helping your fellow mankind. And I just wanted to give you folks a quick notice that I am going to extend the dates of the cow. I was going to wrap it up um, pretty soon. But I know several of you also listen to the Knitmore Girls, and they have their annual Do Some Good cow, which I think started a day or two ago as I'm recording this. And so I thought, you know what, let's let's do this in tandem. It'll give you some more time to get your finished objects in, especially if you guys want to knit something, you know, Christmas Day or, or New Year's Day, you know, for preemie hats or stuff like that. That would be awesome. So uh, as I understand it from the Knitmore's last podcast, their cal wraps up on January 6th. So I will be wrapping up the Be a Helper cal also on January 6th, and I will be awarding all the prizes after I lock the thread. Uh, when I... Okay, I'm going to be generous. So their cal ends on the 6th. I am not going to stay up till midnight that day to um, lock the thread. So I will lock the thread the morning of the 7th when I wake up. Be forewarned, it could be at any point in time on the morning of January 7th. I live on the east coast of the U.S., and I have a toddler. So, for safety's sake, I would say get your stuff in by midnight, January 6th, Eastern Standard Time, just to be safe. Okay, on with the show. First off, for FOs, well, it's been quite a while since I've recorded a regular episode, so I have a whole bunch of finished objects to share. As a matter of fact, I actually finished my Christmas knitting, and for the first time, I get to play along in the Knitmore's Grinch Along. I am really excited, especially because last year I was finishing up my brother-in-law's hat on Christmas Eve at Legoland. (sighs) Yeah, not fun. Don't recommend it. So I finished my mother-in-law's hitchhiker shawl. I knit that in Ito Yarns Kinu, which is 100% silk, and I did their bright pink colorway. Uh, This is a project. She'd seen another hitchhiker I did in this similar, almost exactly the same color, but a different yarn. Ironically, um, that was uh, Casket Ultrapima, which is 100% cotton, and I couldn't find that yarn in that color, and I knew it was the color she wanted more than, you know, Ultra Pima Cotton. So when I found the Kinu, it was perfect. So I'm very excited, so a nice silk shawl should be great for her down in Florida. I also finished Thing 2's Christmas socks, so I knit four toddler vanilla socks in Plymouth Yarns Diversity in what they call the multi-blue taupe colorway. And that is a yarn that is self-striping in white taupe aqua, navy, and bright orange. He should adore those. In my opinion, that combination is slightly hideous because I hate orange, but he's going to adore them, so that's what counts. I also finished Thing 1's Christmas knee socks. He wanted knee socks this year to wear under his winter boots outside playing around and ice skating and all that kind of fun stuff. So I knit him 
knee socks, and I tweaked what I usually use for my vanilla sock recipe, uh, just to make them a little bit bigger around the calves for knee socks. And those are in, I had some leftover Barocco Comfort Sock in red from the regular socks I knit him last year. Last year he wanted ankle socks. He learned the hard way. Those don't work so well in winter boots. So while they do still fit him mostly, and he can wear those to school, these should fit him all winter long and will actually keep him warm when we're outside in three feet of snow in the dead of winter. <laughs> I also finished the Lilisand cowl for my aunt, and that is a pattern by Monica Eckert. I knit that in some deep stash I had, really, really old stuff from when I first started knitting some Rosetti Yarns soft payette, and that has um, some uh, sort of worked-in um, sparkles, for lack of a better term. And also some Cascade Sateen Solids in a nice brick red. So it's red and white, and the, the floral pattern really pops. It's beautiful. Really proud of that one. I knit some blue baby socks for my friend's son. And that's just a simple vanilla sock in some deep stash that I had left over from my boys. And I don't remember what it is, because I lost the tag years and years and years ago. But it's acrylic and machine washable, which for me is perfect for baby socks. My next last FO is my what I'm calling my husband's super secret scarf. And that is in Pendenza by Plymouth Yarns, which is a gradient 100% cotton in some really beautiful colorways. So at Thanksgiving, as I was audibly telling everyone that I was working on my last Christmas gift, he commented that I wasn't making him anything for Christmas. I kept my mouth shut there. And so when Mum and I went out shopping on Small Business Saturday, I stopped into a great yarn in Chatham, and I bought this lovely blue gradient. And in secret, I have been knitting him a Hitchhiker by Bertina Bame, and I finished it yesterday. So I am still all done with all my Christmas gifts. And the last thing I finished is my mom's Christmas shawl, and this is actually a new pattern of mine, which hasn't been released yet, and I'll talk more about it later. But I knit it in some Bernal worsted weight, some old handicrafter holiday yarn that I've had for a long time. And I wanted to make this something she could wear at Christmas time. And something also, because they go back and forth between Florida and New England. So, you know, in, in Florida, she could wear it as a wrap going out to dinner at Christmas time when it's, you know, it's a lot warmer down there. And then up here, she could use it as a larger scarf and it would work well for both locations. And now for whips. So what do I have for works in progress? Well, I have joined the Indie Designer Gift Along. So I am currently working on my first non-vanilla socks. The pattern I started with is Mahalo by Dana Gervais. And in the spirit of full disclosure, she is my tech editor, but she is also a genius sock knitter. And I've been watching her patterns come out over the past couple of years and eyeing them. And so I decided, you know what? I need to knit me one of those. And I am working on it in Kobasi by Haiku. And it's really pretty. It's a kind of got like a, a diamond, very simple lace pattern, but diamond pattern on the front of the shin and the top of the foot. And then the back of the calf is a, um, a ribbing. So you're going to get a really good fit. So I thought this was a good first non-vanilla sock to try. And it's also, I think, my first grown-up cuff down. I've done a few small kid cuff down ones, but definitely never a grown-up cuff down. And since I have cast on itis, I cast on my second non-vanilla sock, and that is Newlin by Sarah Jordan, aka Knitwood Designs. And I met her at SSK last summer, and she is a joy. She's also a great designer, um, and she is such a nice woman. I'm knitting that pattern in Barocco Comfort Sock. Uh, 
And these are on my brand new size 2, is it Leica L-Y-K-K-E needles? I do not speak any Scandinavian languages, so I've heard Leica, I've heard Luca, I've heard lots of different attempts to pronounce it, and I honestly don't know what's correct. So L-Y-K-K-E. And I'm having fun testing them out. My goal with these is we do a bit of international traveling. My family, half my family is Canadian, and I have family uh, literally all the way from Nova Scotia to um, British Columbia, as well as down in New Zealand and scattered across a couple other different countries. So as the boys get older, we're hoping to visit them. And my thought was wooden needles airplane. Maybe easier than the metal ones? I know when you're flying within the United States, knitting needles are accepted. Not a problem. You can fly with your needles. Totally fine. Sock needles doesn't matter. Metal ones doesn't matter. That they're, they're totally acceptable. But I know I've heard a lot of rumors of folks flying back into the U.S. with knitting needles um, being harassed and harangued and having their needles confiscated, especially the metal ones. So I'm thinking these nice, pretty wooden ones... And, you know, if worst case scenario is, you know, I borrow a pair of scissors from their local TSA in whatever country I'm in, cut the needles off the cord and still bring my project home. You know, it's a, it's a, just one set. It's not my fancy schmancy, you know, giant set of carbons being left in another airport somewhere, which would be a disaster. My third whip currently is another shawl sample that I am hoping to release around Christmas, and I am knitting, knitting this up in Queensland Sugar Rush, which is a discontinued yarn, but the pattern I've designed is specifically designed for you to shop your stash, so that it, I, it's the same pattern I use to make my mom's Christmas shawl. And so it's designed for any weight of yarn, and it's for those, you know, leftovers, those one skeins, those whatever you have left that you don't have enough for a full project, but you want to make something nice for yourself. So that's what I'm doing with this, and I don't, I've only got, I think, like 540 yards of Queensland Sugar Rush in the purple left, so I'm going to make myself a little shawlette that I can wear. And this wintertime, I need more shawls. I only have two, I think, that I've knit myself. And I'm always cold, so I have determined I need more shawls. So this one, while it is a shawl sample, is also for me. The last thing I've worked on is the Triang by Lee Meredith in Araucania's Yumbrel, which is a cotton, like, thread lace weight yarn in the pastels colorway, which is pastels, pinks, and peaches, and blues, and purples, and it's really pretty, and I'm liking how it's coming out. Next up in Out and About... Let's see. I don't think I've told you folks yet, but I am going to Vogue Knitting in January. I'm really excited. I'm going to be taking a class there. It's my birthday gift from my boys, as Vogue Knitting New York happens to be right around my birthday. I will be there all day on Friday. At the moment, probably only on Friday. But if you see me, be sure to say hello. I can't wait. I will also probably be going to Stitches United in March in Hartford, Connecticut. At the moment, I'm not planning on taking any classes. I'm just going to go and enjoy the market and hang out with people. Uh, that may change. We'll have to see. But if you're going to be there as well, keep an eye out for me. I can't wait to see you. And time for a stash. Well, since my last post Rhinebeck episode uh, was really short because I was still sick and <laughs> still suffering from laryngitis, I haven't told you about any of my Rhinebeck purchases, so I will be including those as well as a few things I've bought since then. 
at Rhinebeck, I picked up nine skeins of bamboo dyed by artisanal yarns. I got three in their gold, three that are um, a pink color, but there's a, a lot of gold undertones, and three in a, uh, a pink and gold blend that is a perfect matching of those two colors. And, I, I, you know, pink and gold really are not my normal colors, but you put these three colorways next to each other, they were designed to work with each other. So I've decided to fade my own pattern. Well, not my own pattern. I am going to fade a Lush by Tin Can Knits. I haven't cast it on yet. I may by the time this episode airs. It's probably coming pretty soon. I'm debating making the Lush in a cardigan, making it, or sorry, making it in the round instead of making it in the cardigan as it was designed to because I'm always cold. And uh, just not having the front panel breeze would be nice for me. I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, I've got gauge, both in stockinette and pretty close in the lace pattern, so I know I have some fiddle room. But we'll have to see. But I do I, I all the lushes at Rhinebeck this year, and that I've seen, you know, just walking around some local knitters that I know they're beautiful, and it's, it's a lovely pattern, and I can't wait to knit it. I also picked up a skein of 2,600 yards of lace weight bamboo dyed by Spinaway Farms. And he tends to do, this is what he told me, he tends to do, you know, kind of unique colorways. Every time it's just a little bit different. So buy what you need when you buy it sort of thing. And the, so the one I got was Shades of Blue. Blue is my favorite color. So you'll hear me talking about blues an awful lot. But this goes from like the palest baby blue all the way up to not quite a navy, but a really, you know, dark, rich blue color. And um, the, the skein is pretty wide. It's wider. It's well wider around than I am. It's one of the larger or larger in circumference skeins I've bought. So it would be really neat to see how it works up knit, particularly if I wanted to do a lightweight garment or a lightweight sweater out of it. I'm looking forward to that. I think the colors would, would work well and you wouldn't get a lot of pooling because of the length of the skeins that he uses. So I'm excited to play with that. As I mentioned earlier, I picked up a skein of Pendenza by Plymouth Yarns at a great yarn in Chatham, Massachusetts over the Thanksgiving holiday. I've never played with Pendenza before, but it knit up beautifully. And oh, the color, the colors are rich and beautiful. I picked the blue for my husband because blue is his favorite color also. But they also had, you know, sort of greens into blues. They had pinks with gray and they had a sort of tonal grays with a brown and just beautiful colors. Definitely would recommend them if you're looking for like a lighter, like a, a DK cotton with a gradient to knit something fun up. Oh, beautiful colors. I picked up, oh, I should say I was given one mini skein of Lorna's Laces Shepherd's Sock in what is written on the label as the OOAK colorway, which when I looked at her stuff online, I couldn't find. I've never knit with Lorna's laces. I'm, you know, as you know, I'm allergic to sheep, but this was one of the little gifts on the webs bus. We all got a mini skein of Lorna's laces, 107 yards or so. So this is pretty. It's a beautiful set of like speckled purples, gorgeous color. At my local yarn store recently, I picked up two skeins of Elspeth Lavold's Hempathy in what they call the light denim colorway, which to me looks more of a nice, pretty purple. But um, I have my eye on making these two skeins into some sort of shorty yeah, fingerless mitts. I have some fingerless mitts I knit years ago, and they're longer. They go halfway up your arm. 
And sometimes that's not practical with winter wear and winter sweaters and layering and trying to get them over things. So I want some shorty fingerless mitts that I can wear in the winter because I'm always cold. And wearing something on your hands that still leaves your fingers and thumbs free is really nice in the dead of winter time here in New England. And the last thing in my stash is one skein of Firefly by Classic Elite. And it's a colorway called Dilos. It's a warm sort of beige with pink undertones colorway. And that is destined to be some embroidery on a Downton Abbey themed garden kimono sweater that I knit years ago out of that, that special, that Downton Abbey special magazine that they came out with inspired knits. Um, and I have the greens and I had some pink all lined up. So the Delos will be sort of the body of the flower petals. I have some pink left over from an old project that I will use to outline that. And then I have some leftover green from another project to do the leaves and the vines. And that project will finally be done because I finished it, oh, four, five, six years ago now. Something, I finished it forever ago and I never got around to the embroidery part, which is honestly what sold me on the pattern in the first place was the beautiful embroidery on the ivory sweater. Someday, yeah. But at least I have all the stuff to do the embroidery now. <laughs> And in a surprising addition to the stash segment, I have fiber. Woohoo! I think I mentioned I learned how to support spindle spin this summer at SSK, and I've been spinning a little bit here and there, not as much as I should. I'm having problems coordinating the long draw with the actual spinning portion and, and, and you know, coordinating that and then holding the long draw and spinning it back onto the spindle to the point where then I can draw more and just that kind of thing. I think I need to learn that either, either perfect the drawing more. So I'm hoping to actually take a spinning class locally on a wheel and learn how to draw better. Because I, I played piano since I was a little kid. So the whole foot pedal action thing. Also, I you know can run a sewing machine. So I know that I'll be able to pick up the foot pedal thing reasonably well. Um, so if I can then you know put the foot on autopilot and learn the drawing technique and then come back to my supported spindle. So that's my goal. With that being said, I, of course, bought fiber anyway at Rhinebeck because, you know, you have to. I picked up a pound of cotton from Little Barn, and it is a blend of three naturally occurring cotton colors, all undyed, green, mocha, and white. It was their show special. So you may not know, cotton mostly comes in white, but it actually does come in other colors. It has been bred to, and in some cases it was a complete accident. In some cases it was meant to. And so this is a blend of the, of the green, the mocha, and our more traditional white cotton. So when you, um, when you spin it up, it's, it's already you know, set up for you. You can just spin it, and theoretically you'll get a beautiful barber pole design. I'm holding off on spinning this one until I get a little bit better because I'm hoping to actually use that for something. And with the green cotton, when you scour it, you have to scour um, cotton yarn or else it will go rancid eventually. There's just plant oils in the fiber. Um, the green, uh, when you look at the green cotton that's unscoured, it looks kind of like a, like a khaki color, like a khaki pant green, that color, not really bright green. But a lot of the green cottons will actually turn, you know, green after they're scoured. So I'm looking forward to having that done. You don't hold your breath. It's going to take a while. Because I also bought some, like, one and two ounce packages to really practice spinning different fibers on. So I picked up two ounces of Tessa Silk from Fiber Kingdom. 
one ounce of a yak silk blend from Liberty Ridge, and I actually spun some yak this summer. So I was able to spin yak for half an hour, and I did not get the reaction that I get from sheep's wool, which was exciting. Um, I also picked up an ounce of a camel silk blend. I have never touched camel, so I'm taking this one on faith. But I, I seem to have less problems from camelids, I think is what the overall group of animals is called, than from sheep. I picked up two ounces of tinsel and two ounces of bamboo. So we'll give those a try and see. Now, when I learned when I spun the yak that it's a lot more like cashmere for me. I can wear a cashmere shawl for a couple of hours before I have a reaction, whereas sheep, I have more like a 20 to 30 minute time window before I get a reaction. Also, um, sheep give me hives, whereas, you know, cashmere, I just start itching. It's probably more like the rest of you have with the scratchy wool. That's how cashmere is on me after, you know, two hours out to dinner, maybe three if I'm lucky. I can't take cashmere anymore because it just get really itchy. Um, or sheep, I just get hives from head to toe, and it's a very unpleasant experience for everyone involved. So we'll see how the yak and the camel go. I'm hoping to maybe somewhere online order some alpaca or angora and try those as well. I've pet rabbits before, so I know I don't have an instant reaction, but I've never, you know, played with a rabbit more than 20 minutes, so I don't know what my reaction to that will be. And alpacas, besides petting my cousins when they had them in their backyard, is like 10 years ago. Same thing. I've never spent more than 10 or 20 minutes with an alpaca. So we'll have to wait and see how that does. In patterns, I bought four new patterns during the Indie Design Gift Along Cow. And that includes the two sock patterns I mentioned earlier, Newland by Knitwit and Mahalo by Dana Gervais. I also bought Peppermint Mocha by Cece Almond of Java Pearl Designs and the Geeky Girls Knit Podcast and the Isis Tail Coat by Carrie Helene Rain. And for clarity purposes, I should note this pattern was released in 2012 before the current jihadist movement became huge. It was actually named after the ancient Egyptian goddess, because I've heard people comment, yes, this is the Egyptian goddess, not the jihadist movement. Um, and this tail coat is beautiful. It looks like it, well, it basically is an old Victorian women's tail coat, an old fashioned, but without all like the frilly stuff you kind of associate with it, you know, what, you, it, it's simple enough that you could totally wear it with jeans and get away with it. It's also beautiful. It has a detailed edging, but the body's in stockinette. It fits under the bust with a large button holding it in place. And then the, um, the sides gently angle out towards the hips. So it's, it's fitted, but it's not fitted, if you take my meaning. And I think this would really look great on a whole bunch of different body types. I'm actually hoping to make it for a couple other people, knock on wood, over the next five to ten years or so. But my own plan is to wear this, since it does go and cover your butt quite beautifully, to wear this with knee-high boots and leggings as sort of a, an indoor-outdoor coat in that, those transitional days of spring and fall. And our last segment, On the Run. As I mentioned last week, I threw my back out again after Rhineback, and I finally went to the doctor. Go to the doctor, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, go to the doctor. Don't wait like I did. So the result of which is I'm now in physical therapy. Again, it's been about four weeks now and I am seeing definite progress. I am already stronger and I've been cleared to start basic exercises within reason. Uh, no running yet, but I'm walking a few days a week and I learned today that I could swim carefully, ride my bike, or even hop on a rowing machine very carefully if I take it slow and easy to start. So I am really excited to get back out there. So with 
Me being in physical therapy, as you can imagine, I've been concentrating on strength training and not cardio since my last on the rung segment, for obvious reasons, and it is definitely paying off. My shoulders and upper back are a lot stronger. At, I've noticed even my arms feel a little bit stronger with the work because I pulled my upper back. Um, and I'm really seeing a huge difference. I'm also now starting to work on the middle and lower back and transverse abdominis, which is your central core muscle. It's what lays underneath your six-pack abs, or lack thereof in my case. It's really the muscle that actually holds you upright. And having a stronger core as a runner is awesome. It will really help me a lot once I get back into running and I'm clear to go start logging miles again. In the show notes, I'm going to link to some articles on transverse abdominus workouts that could help you. Because when you want a stronger core, you want to work on your transverse abdominus, not your six-pack abs. Crunches make your tummy look pretty, but they will not make you stronger. If you really want to strengthen your core from a functional point of view, you want to work on exercises like planks, modified planks, side planks, wood chops, burpees, dead bugs, that sort of thing. Things that really work the underlying muscles that keep your body upright. And as always, please check with a medical professional if you have any pain, especially any recurring pain. Do not wait like I did. I, of course, am not a medical professional. I'm only trying to arm you with knowledge so that you can be a healthier, fitter, and more functional person. Well, that comes to the end of our show. It's a really long one for me, but as always, it's still under half an hour. I'll be back next week with a, a much more regular length of show, and hopefully we can get back into some of the knowledge topics too, and not just the gigantic list of whips and FOs. It was so nice chatting with you folks again. And I will see you next week. Keep something beautiful in your needles. Bye-bye.